Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hi, everyone. This is episode 65, and this week I'm talking about tropes in romance novels. Now, if you are like, Esther, what is that? What is a trope? Que is a trope? Qu'est-ce que c'est le trope? Um, a trope is a plot device or character attribute that is used so commonly in the genre that it's seen as commonplace or conventional. This is from uh, a masterclass article about what is a trope, right? And so romance, right, is full of them. There are ones that we love, ones that we don't love, etc. But romance is full of them. And Sometimes when you're trying to figure out if you're going to like a story um, and maybe the blurb isn't clear enough for you or doesn't give you enough information, um, knowing the trope or tropes, because you can have more than one involved in the book, can help you sort of narrow down or decide on books, right? If you know for a fact there are certain tropes you love and certain tropes you cannot stand, then when you hear that there's a book that has a trope you love, you're like, oh, yes, let me buy that. Let me add that to my TBR. Let me borrow it from the library. Whereas if you hear that a book has a trope that you cannot stand, you're like, absolutely not. Keep it away from me. Keep it over there. Keep it far yonder because I don't want it. I don't want to read it. I don't want to see it. No. Right. So we have you know, it's a way to be able to sort of categorize what you are reading at different from, I mean, you can categorize your books differently, right? You can categorize by um, the subgenre that they are. Are they paranormal? Are they contemporary? By authors, by, um, sorry, I had a brain fart by the kinds of pairings is it an ff pairing an mm pairing an mf pairing an mmf pairing you know uh an f mmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmm
who are secretly in love with each other and yet are so terrified of rejection slash losing this incredibly important relationship that they'd rather not rock the boat by being honest about their feelings and again there are people who are like well like what the fuck and i'm like listen rejection sucks ruining the most important friendship slash relationship in your life sucks and so if you are that unsure you ain't gonna say nothing i'm just saying i mean if it was me i ain't gonna say nothing if i can't be sure that this is gonna turn out pop because then we're gonna be in this awkward phase of like they know i love them and i know they don't love me back and what the gotcha so better to just you know be like ostrich head in sand and just not think about it um so it's definitely a trope that i enjoy um and it also depends i mean you've got childhood best friends to lovers you've got people who were friends in high school people who were friends in college sometimes the friendship isn't you know many 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 decades right um sometimes it's like they've been friends for like a number of years but not necessarily all of their lives um and again it all depends on the author because i've read friends to lovers that i've loved i've also read friends to lovers that i've been like eh, what was that but because i often do enjoy friends to lovers if i know a book has that trope i'm willing to definitely like dive in um if i'm you know maybe on the fence but once i hear that i'm like okay let me give it a shot so there's there's definitely you know like i definitely do think about that and in terms of books that i have read that i can share with you guys that have like that friend celebrity trope so from talia hibbert i actually have two because of course i do that kind of guy which is ray and zach right they are they are friends she's a little bit older than him and they are good friends and ray doesn't really see that there's a a a possibility for a relationship with zach she's kind of like nope he's younger than me he's my friend that's it and zach is like she's hot and i totally but i don't know if i can you know mess up our friendship and then of course you know they end up doing another trope that i'm about to talk about in a brief moment and that's when the floodgates of feelings open. And I really, really enjoyed that. The other is Wanna Bet. And Wanna Bet is Jasmine and Rahul. And oh my God, these, they met in, I believe they meet in college and they've been friends for like, I think by the time this all goes down, it's been about a decade. And there's so much history there so much history there but they are like so close and Rahul is insanely in love with her but is aware that being honest about his feelings would only drive Jasmine away and so he makes a decision that he'd rather have her in his life than you know um be really honest honest about what you know how he really feels and I think that's really I think I also find that concept really interesting that there are people who are like I love this person so much and I know that they're not in a place to love me back. But I need to be a part of their life. So I'm just not going to be honest about what I need 
from them so that I can still continue to be a part of their life. Does that mean that you can do that forever? No, because of course you get to a point where eh, it's not going to work. And you have to be honest. And you have to tell the truth about how you feel. But I love seeing that lead up. I love seeing that lead up. So then um, another trope that I really enjoy um, that sounds really similar but is different is enemies to lovers. And there's also the subset of rivals to lovers. I feel like these are very close together. So you can have enemies to lovers, rivals to lovers. Sometimes what looks like people are enemies, they're really just rivals. Um, and this is one of those like, I hate you and then I love you kind of things, right? And I feel like, um, what was that movie? Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, I believe it is, with Heath Ledger and damn i'm blanking on homegirl's name anyway they didn't like each other and really it was this whole like setup so that she would date so her younger sister could date but then what happened feelings so this idea that two people who are so antagonistic to each other falling in love i like now certain things need to happen they cannot be cruel to each other i have a hard time and i think i excused it more when I was younger but now at uh my age (laughs) kidding but now I do have I need the two of them to not like be cruel and um purposely hurtful to each other in ways that you really can't come back from because then when we get to the they're falling in love part I'm like really 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 they destroyed imploded your life in these ways but you falling in love now i don't believe it that again all depends on the author and how they write it is it possible to write two people who really really push the line there and yet they still fall for each other and you believe it of course but there are a lot of authors that aren't going to be able to do that and in general if it's a little too far out there in terms of like how awful they are to each other i really struggle with believing that they've really fallen in love with each other and that they've gotten past all of that hurt and that pain since you know trauma but do i like the concept of two people who see each other as someone to dislike spending time with each other due to whatever and realizing that they don't actually dislike the person that there was always simmering tension um or that there was some reason why they just clashed so much i do really really enjoy that as a concept um nalini sings tangle of need with riaz and audria yo that book starts with it's very clear that they do not get along until it's like y'all don't get along because you're fighting against some crazy off the charts sexual attraction right and it's almost like it's almost like their brains were like we can't succumb to this so instead we'll just be angry at each other until their brain is like you know what we're tired of this so we're not another one is atalia hibbert mating the huntress she's a werewolf hunter he's a werewolf yeah mm-hmm. so she's all like i gotta kill homeboy and he's like she's my mate tell me how that works mm-hmm. tell me how that works and I think she does a really great job because at first I was like, wait, what? She's supposed to kill him, but they fell in love. 
excuse me, explain it. But it's a really sort of interesting way to see people who at first glance are on opposite sides of an issue or just, and that turns into, you know, like, this is hot, this is sexy, oh my goodness, um, so I did really, um, like, chastity and look, Luke, um, is it Luke or is it Lucas, Luke, in meeting the huntress, love them, and like I said, Rhea's and Audrey and Tangle of Need, so, obviously, friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, you're like, oh, oh, and rivals to lovers, they're not necessarily enemies, but what if you're rival companies, right, or rival sports teams, or rival any team, or you both are competing for the same sort of position, or whatnot, or you're both trying to, um, what, oh, what is the word, get the bid on a project, whatever, when you're sort of in competition with the other person, um, I haven't finished yet, but I've been reading The Hating Game by Sally Thorne, I believe, um, because it definitely is about that, yes, Sally Thorne, and a lot of people have talked about it, um, and again, there's, if the people are, if the two characters are so, so cruel that I'm like, I would never forget that, then I have a hard time, you know, believing it. But if it's stuff that I'm like, oh, okay, damn, I didn't, there's a book, I'm blanking on title, author, everything, but what I do remember is they went to high school together, and in high school, he was part of the people, he was part of the people who bullied her. Um, and then they meet again as adults and fall in love with each other. And normally I'd be like, oh girl, what? No, I do think the author did a pretty good job in that I did believe the sort of redemption arc that he has and that they really like ended up wanting to be together. But there was a part of me that was kind of like, wait, excuse me, what? He bullied her? To what degree? I don't know about that. So again, it really depends on how the author writes it. Some authors, again, you're like, hell the fuck yeah. And some authors, you're like, you tried. But no. Actually, actually, no. This was fail. Big fail. Big, big, big fail. But you tried. But not this time. No succeed. Okay. Now, forced proximity is a trope. And... Basically, it's two characters have to spend a shit ton of time together. Um, And it's sort of forced. They're in close quarters usually. Okay, sorry. That can go either. Not that can go either way. That can be two things. Forced proximity can exist in, a, for example, a workplace romance. If these two people are working together long hours on a project or whatever, whatever, whatever. Traveling together. Um, they have forced proximity in the sense that they are spending a huge amount of time together. Like, let's say it's boss assistant or whatever the hell, you know, those weird power dynamics. And in real life, I would say, run screaming. But in romance novel, I'm like, well, let's see what happens. Because in love, um, if you're, say, working 60 plus hours a week and these two characters are spending, you know, more that much time and more together, then you can sort of see, like, how 
wouldn't they fall for each other, right? Especially if they sort of balance each other out and one of them, you know, and they're able to support each other, this, that, and the other. But there's also the forced proximity of you're trapped in a place together because there's inclement weather, a snowstorm, a hurricane, a really bad lightning storm, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's also, I feel like, forced proximity and you have both been kidnapped or you're both imprisoned or you're both locked away somewhere and you're trying to escape together. So you are spending all your time together, potentially in a room, the bowels of a ship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So forced proximity can show up in ways that are very like literally forced, right? You are stuck in a prison cell together. You are stuck in a hotel room together because of bad storm. But it can also be we are these two characters are spending an inordinate amount of time together beyond what would be considered quote-unquote normal like you're the two characters someone's someone's personal assistant and they're working for them 24 7 or working out of their home or maybe this person is injured and the other person is their caretaker and they're literally kind of sort of attached at the hip 24 7 so there's different ways but all of these would fall under the heading of sort of forced proximity in that they are forced to spend time together because if for example the caretaker um an injured person if the person isn't injured they don't need the caretaker are they spending all that time together no if y'all aren't working together then are you spending 40 40s like general are you spending 80 plus hours together a week no if you don't have a crazy snowstorm that, you know, was the reason why you had to get the last hotel, motel, whatever room, in room, bed and breakfast room, then are you spending all this time potentially uh, together because of the weather? Then no, right? Because there's no snowstorm, etc. If you haven't been kidnapped or you haven't been locked up in a cell or you aren't escaping from some horrible place together then do you have to spend all that time together again no so forced proximity can show up in different ways but it's definitely like a trope that i'm like interesting and within for i wouldn't say within forced proximity but alongside forced proximity depending on the situation you then have another trope that i i am bananas for which is one bed you're probably like one bed what does that mean exactly what it means straightforward there is one bed we got two or more characters who have to figure out how to sleep on one bed sometimes there's a there's a couch a chaise a a lounge chair an armchair a floor and one of the characters is like i'm going to be chivalrous and let you have the bed sometimes that's not an option right so often with forced proximity you can have one bed show up there was a snowstorm there was only one room left at the one hotel we found because we cannot continue driving safely so what are we supposed to do be in the one bed we uh found an empty cabin in the middle of a snowstorm and are wet and cold and to prevent hypothermia we must share body heat and there's only one bed right so you've got the weather reasons for why you have to share one bed we are boss and assistant or co-workers traveling and 
due to external factors like there was a convention and all the hotel rooms were booked up and the hotel messed up and we ended up with one room one bed or we had to uh, do an emergency stop somewhere on our way to our destination and therefore had to just end up at a random bnb one bed um so there's that and then of course in the like we're imprisoned together or whatever you're in tight spaces usually um or if you're on the run again it's like we don't have that many provisions we only have one tent we only have one shelter whatever there is one place to rest and it must be together so what is what is that what what does that lead to guys feelings lust feelings love feelings togetherness feelings um and i love it i absolutely love it jackie lau another another amazing author that i love to bits and pieces has uh, a second chance road trip which i fucking love which like guys you gotta read and it's high school sweethearts who are on a road trip to their hometown from the city of toronto and what happens a snowstorm shows up and then they have to pull over at a hotel and spend the night because the weather is so bad that you cannot safely drive and there is of course only one bed and so what once they do they must share that one bed yes 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 i love i love one bed right because especially depending on where that moment falls in the book right it doesn't often fall at the very beginning the cup the the characters have spent time together enough that they're at a point where if they didn't have to spend so much time together there wasn't forced proximity and all that jazz uh they might end up just being friends or acquaintances but as they spend more and more time together and really sort of get to know the other person feelings are happening there's the attraction and all of a sudden it's like we got to keep warm or we have to rest and we wake up entangled in each other right Two people fall asleep on opposite sides of the bed and they wake up in the morning and someone's leg is between someone's thighs and someone's hand is on someone's ass and, you know, blah, blah, blah. All of these things. Love it. Love it. Such a fan. Big, big fan. Um, Because just give me more of that. Just give me more of that, please. And thank you. Um, that leads me into another trope that I don't actually love. There are certain authors who I will read that trope if they write it because I love those authors and they almost never, if ever, disappointed me. But it's not a trope that I personally seek out. And if I know going in, it's a second chance romance. Wow, I just told you what it was. Second chance romance, right? Two people coming together because they dated when they were in high school, in college, five years ago, whenever. And they're now in a different place in their lives. And the relationship that didn't work the first time around, they want to try again. Now, here's my thing. I struggle with those. Partially because I feel like second chance romance is where people break up with each other in really shitty ways. 
How do you get past that? Because, uh, for example, if you were childhood sweethearts, high school sweethearts, you had a horrible breakup. That breakup has been following you this entire time as a character. And you've been making shitty relationship decisions due to that. And now you want me to believe that y'all are grown enough and changed enough that you can make it work a second time? Mm, okay. I mean, I guess. Jackie Lau's A Second Chance road trip was really interesting in that that wasn't why they broke up. They broke up because they did what everyone tells young people to do. Break up because this can't be the one and only for you because y'all are young. Go, go live your lives because this is crazy right? You are high school sweethearts. There's no way this is the person for you because that's just who finds their person in high school. That's, that's, that's the stuff of movies. That's the stuff of books. That's not the stuff of real life. So they broke up and then met again as fully, you know, in their thirties and realized we are each other's person. But what I appreciated about that was their breakup wasn't some horrible trauma filled moment that sort of ruined both of them for future relationships they were like we both have dreams that are kind of pulling us in opposite directions and we're young so we should do this and so it wasn't like we broke up and I hated you and you hated me it's like we broke up because that was the like smart and mature thing to do, right? And then it turned out that maybe we shouldn't have ever done that. Or maybe we did need that time apart to grow into the kind of adult that could now be together. But I never, like at no point was like, but there's all this lingering like backstabby bullshit. None of that. Where there are some where I'm like, wait, you broke up with this person because someone else in their family told you to break up with them because... You were going to hold them back and so you lied and broke their trust and now it's going to work out? How? How's way? And maybe it's also because I'm very, very like, <laughs> once something is done, something is done. Try to come back into my life and I will end you. I will end you with words. Not, you know, not with actions because <laughs> that is murder and then you go to prison. Um, But I will end you with words. So sometimes... It depends on the author, right? If Jackie Lau writes Second Chance, I'm going to read it. I'm not going to lie. But if it's an author new to me, I read Sarah. I don't know if it's Hoggle or Hoggle's um, You Deserve Each Other. I didn't really know what it was about. I think I just saw everyone talking about it, borrowed it from the library. And at first was like, what the fuck am I reading? What the fuck is this? What in the ever-loving fuck is this? Because they were so shitty to each other. Not like crazy, but I was like, and I did have to skim a bit, which I almost never do. And then eventually it got to a point where I was like, oh no, I'm liking this. Because they did sort of, in their process of antagonizing each other, really got down to the really core selves and showed each other that and weren't repelled and that propels them forward but in general you know um a bromance book club the first one i was kind of like okay i mean your marriage is on the rocks and uh, hopefully romance novels are gonna help you and it wasn't bad but i just 
That's not a premise. That's not a trope that I will gravitate to and be like, hell the fuck yeah. Usually I'm like, yeah, about that. It's going to be a no dog. It's going to be a no. Now, there, um, in terms of other tropes, that depends on the author if I'm going to enjoy or not enjoy an accidental pregnancy or suddenly parents. And these are so accidental is like, oh, when I said that ended up in a child, right? Or we were doing it uh, and we were casual or we were fucker buddies. And then, oh, baby, baby owns the way. Um, and someone's like, you know what? I'm not trying to get an abortion. I'm trying to have this kid. Let's figure this out. Again, I don't think every author can do that well. I've read some where I'm like, really? Really, though? This was garbage. This was stupid. Y'all were dumb. I don't like this. But then I've read others where I'm like, oh, okay. There, there, there's not very many of them. So, but I will consider it sometimes. Suddenly, parents is, um, for me, it's those cup, those characters where a sibling or someone leaves a child with them and now they're a mother or a father or you know they might call themselves uncle or or auntie or whatever but like they were not a parent and suddenly is like i didn't give birth to this kid it's more like this kid came into my life um either someone left it on my doorstop or da 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 there is a book the wrong mirror i believe it's emma darcy oh pretty sure it's emma darcy and the premise is that um this twin it's two twin it's a set of twins and one of them has a son or has a child but she's like doesn't want to be a mom and she basically um gives her child up for adoption to her twin sister and her twin sister who has wanted kids is like okay and then her twin sister's partner is like i want to raise someone else's kid so even though they can't have kids together and i think it's his fault and then the twin who gave birth passes away but lets the real biological father know by the way we did have a kid together and he's like skirt skirt what the hell you mean but then she dies so then he's like where the hell is my where where's my son i need my son and so then we get this whole, like, you know, we've got this whole scenario of, like, someone who loves this kid having to deal with someone who's like, this is my kid. Give me my kid back. How dare you have my kid? And I really enjoyed, I mean, it's a um, Harlequin and it's an older one. So I'm sure that there are things that aren't uh, necessarily on that yeah it is emma darcy i was like am i correct i was correct um but yeah she you know the the twin who has the kid is like i'm the kid's kid's mother and then homeboy's like well i'm his bio dad you're just his adopted mom so we can figure out how to make this work but i'm gonna be in this kid's life and she's like my sister didn't want you in his life and he's like i don't care because your sister never i think the sister does this whole he doesn't want the kid and then it turns out she never told me and she's like wait she never told you anyway not always it really depends i also read lisa clapis's 
the first book in the Friday Harbor series, um, his sister passes away and he ends up being guardian of his niece. Right. So this is that that's a still, you know, it almost always in these someone has passed or someone is just like, I am not able to be a parent. Um, but in this case, like the girl's father is not in the picture and then he ends up falling in love with someone else who is willing to like is fine with him the fact that he's like basically a single dad to his niece so do I want that from everyone no there are I'm sometimes I'm like you're trying this and the answer is no a big fat no but sometimes I'm like oh oh hell yes oh this is fantastic thank you so much for this um then another uh trope that I do like workplace romance and again i mean i feel like that's very easy kind of self-explanatory it's a romance that takes place at work which you can then have that forced proximity happening forced prox- yeah forced proximity i was like did i say that word right um you don't have to but you can have that happening um basically people are working together and they're spending all this time together and they're falling for each other now this can be Here's the thing. In real life, a boss and his assistant, ew. In a romance novel, depending on who writes it, yes, and sometimes no. Um, sometimes it's like they're co-workers on the same level. Sometimes they are, you know, partners or like business partners. Um, it re- We can, you know, sometimes the workplace relationship is more like, Someone, someone's trainer or cook or nanny. Again, real life, ooh, the power differential is going to be problematic. But this ain't real life. So depending on how it's written, I'm like, hail to the yeah, hail to the yeah. But sometimes I'm like, for example, at your age, Eve Brown, um, Eve and Jacob technically do work together, right? I mean, they work together because Eve, huh? kind of ran him over um and he needs help but they are working together um so it's technically you know a workplace romance workplace romance which i do really really quite love um and then another sort of trope that i do really really enjoy fake dating fake relationship fake engagement and the reasons for these are varied, right? Someone needs a fake date to a wedding, so no one bothers them about the fact that they're still single. Someone needs a fake relationship so that they can prove to someone else they're no longer into them or people will stop trying to get with them. Someone needs a fake engagement to prove that they are settling down and not wild and crazy and... They're going to be focused on family and commitment. But what happens? You have to spend time together for this to work. And what did I say earlier? Force proximity means feelings show up. And then they fall in love. Uh-oh. I mean, not uh-oh. More like woo-woo. But I love that. And we see, what's really interesting is that we see this in you can see this kind of trope in like pretty much every subgenre. Like you can see fake kinds of dating relationship engagement 
in historicals and contemporaries and paranormals and romantic suspense and it runs the gamut because this is a scenario that can work in so many ways in a historical oh maybe we need a fake engagement because some busybody saw us real close and it looked compromising and so for my reputation to not be ruined oh we were actually we're actually engaged and we just haven't told anyone so we aren't just like i'm not a loose whore out here okay there is a you know a relationship brewing you can have a in a contemporary you can have a fake relationship because you're trying to prove something to an ex or your family right um jackie Lau's not another family wedding natalie brings a fake date to her baby sister's wedding because she just doesn't want to have to deal with everyone being like so you're still single so what's happening so why are you still single i'm so annoyed that you're still single so she brings her friend connor so we kind of get like friends the lovers but also like fake dating um because she's just like i don't want to have to hear from people um i i love that you can also see you know like maybe in a situation it just makes more sense for you to present as a couple so you just pretend but then pretending turns to reality so i absolutely love that now this is different from marriage of convenience right marriage of convenience is like we're getting married we're signing paperwork because it's convenient convenient how you have a ranch and cannot manage it so i'm going to marry you absorb the ranch and run it for you we're getting married uh because if it's an historical because i need an heir you need a home or i need money you need a husband or i need money well it's never you need a wife well no if he if he has money he never is really doing marriage of convenience for more money he might do marriage of convenience to save someone um or to get a piece of property that he wouldn't be able to acquire in any other way or to prove that he is not some rake uh who has no head for business but is in fact you know like no i'm actually all about the business so because look at my wife and soon there will be the children um so marriage of means is a bit different oh modern i feel like in contemporary is often like i have an inheritance but i can't access it until i'm married or i will lose my inheritance until i'm married or my aunt uncle grandpa great-grandpa father mother is not gonna leave me the company i've been busting my ass off for unless i prove that i'm settled down so here let me bring a fake significant other or let me just get married because you need money for hospital bills and i need you know to prove that i'm not a lecherous hoe out here whatever so i do kind of enjoy that um and i'm kind of like oh yeah yes give me give me more of that um now tropes that i'm like absolutely not please keep them away from me i don't like love triangles i don't like them i don't want to read them it really depends on if i really love an author and the blurb doesn't make me want to scream maybe but in general nah 
If there's three people, just have them fall in love with each other. Be a triad, a throuple, whatever. Why? Why they got to choose? I don't like it. Keep it away from me. No. Uh, forbidden love. Mm, that doesn't work if there isn't a good enough reason for the love to be forbidden. Then I'm like, this is dumb. Y'all could just go live your lives. Why is this forbidden? I mean, if it's forbidden by law that y'all can't be together, okay. But if it's just like familial shit, uh, I kind of, uh, sometimes I'm like, okay. And I feel like in historical, I can sort of see how it makes more sense. The maid and the duke um, or whatever. But even then, I'm still kind of like, uh, well, perhaps, I guess. But I don't think so. So it really, really depends. Oh, and another trope I do love. So those were two that I'm like, "Eh, no. But another one I do love, a best friend's sibling, whether they're older or younger. And I don't care like how. Like he's in love with his best friend's younger sister. She's in love with her best friend's older brother, younger brother. He's in love with his best friend's younger sister, younger brother, younger whatever. Don't care. Love it love it there's a history there that you would get in childhood friends to lovers but there is also this like this sort of um i was gonna say barrier but not it's not that's not the right word but there is this sort of separation because y'all weren't friends y'all are friends with each other's siblings and then there's that like built-in conflict of like what if your siblings are like we don't want the what if the sibling that your best friends with is like don't ever ever sleep with any of my family members now what right so there's all of that happening um so i do enjoy that one i'm just like oh yes best friends sibling give it to me yes love it delish will read nine times out of ten i'm lying ten times out of ten so yeah um those are just some of the tropes there are so many more I feel like later in the year, I might do another trope episode and talk about different tropes. But um, these are the ones I sort of wanted to talk about. Okay, I'm going to pause now and I'll come back for gratitude latitude. All right, it's time for gratitude latitude. So this week, the three things that I'm grateful for, I'm going to start off with a friend of mine got me a baby Yoda tiki mug guys it's so fucking cute i fucking love it it's so adorable it's like baby it's a little green baby yoda but it's also like got like tiki like um like it's like he's wearing a little tiki outfit it's all green um but it's so cute and it's a decent sized mug i feel like it's 12 ish maybe 14 ounces so it's not like crazy small because sometimes it's like this is cute but six ounces girl what is this two sips is gone um but it's just adorable the second thing that I'm grateful for, and this is huge, uh, me and my friend, a different friend, have found a new apartment. Uh, and so we're going to be moving. I'm going to be moving, guys. Um, I'm really, really excited. I really like the apartment. And I'm so thankful because sometimes it's nerve wracking to find uh, a new place to live. And 
we were both kind of like, what if we don't get like, like, what if we apply and we get rejected? And in fact, that's not what happened. We applied and we were accepted quite quickly. And I have the keys now. Like, as as I can, I'm I'm gonna be moving, guys. I got the keys. I'm over the moon about that. Um, and there's like, um, uh, the so sorry because all of a sudden the words were like get to go move. You know, it was like. Um, major malfunction there. The apartment gets so much sunlight, like so much natural sunlight. I'm like, this is so exciting. Um, so I'm really, really, really grateful for that because I was a little like, oh, what if we don't find anything? Or what if what we find is just like terrible? But we ended up finding something amazing. And then the third thing that I'm grateful for is because I'm moving and because like, I saved quite a bit for the move and I was able, we were able to, um, we were also able to negotiate for like a month and a half free. Anyway, due to all of that, I have the money to buy. I'm going to be buying a brand new bed and I'm over the fucking moon guys because I'm so excited to buy a bed. I'm so excited. Like I'm going to be buying a brand new bed. It's amazing. It's incredible. I cannot wait. Like I am, oh, I, I haven't bought a bed like ever like i've either rented from places that have furnished with a bed or i have this like little ikea sofa sleeper thing but it's time for me to um you know have my own bed and i'm gonna be able to do that and that's it's so fucking cool so those are the three things that i'm really grateful for this week um definitely definitely guys try to enjoy the spring if it's happening around you um i'm really excited for spring this year like i've been seeing like crocuses i saw i think we started to see crocuses in new york about two and a half weeks ago um but i saw shit ton of daffodils this weekend um tulips and the trees are starting to get the little tiny buds and some of them already are flowering and i'm just like oh my god spring again um it's really really exciting so go out there take all them pictures of like flowering plants and flowering trees because it's kind of cool um and have a wonderful wonderful week oh oh this episode is gonna be out on easter monday easter monday i mean i gotta work so it's not a holiday but if it is a holiday for you awesome sauce it's not a holiday for you i feel you i feel you this also means that either tomorrow or Tuesday, Easter chocolate is going to be on sale. <laughs> so you might want to stock up on the Easter chocolate because it's going to be on sale. Um, and I think I'll be doing that because you know what? <laughs> Why pay full price when you can buy on sale? Just just a thought. Just a thought. So anyway, guys, take care. Have a wonderful week. And I will definitely talk to you guys next week. Okay, bye.